podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome once again to another Match Day edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by Andy. Hello. And James. Hello. Today we're going to be discussing our away fixture against Everton. Coming up, we'll discuss our head-to-head record, how the team lines up, give our predictions for the game, and then, as always, afterwards, have a little natter with our immediate thoughts and feelings on the game. How are you doing, guys? Who says natter? <laughs> I was watching a video yesterday. Uh, uh, it was an Indian news video about road development in Bangalore, and uh, <laughs> they said that the, that the hold-ups would be if the government had, was dilly-dallying. And I thought, who says dilly-dallying? Probably something you'd say that, innit? Evidently, yeah. Evidently, it's me. So our head-to-head record against Everton isn't great. Uh, we played them lots of times. Won 33, drawn 32, and lost 51. A uh, little stat that's come up a couple of times today, I've had various people tell me it, is that we've never won at Goodison Park in the Premier League. Never? No. Oh. My, thought, my thoughts on that is that it's kind of irrelevant because it's so long ago. It was 12, year, 12 games and then 16 games off. So We still had 12 bites of bloody cherry, though, didn't we? Yeah, and looking at some of them games, apparently, you know, there were a lot of high-profile draws, but... It's because of that bloody ginger wizard, Steve Watson, who always bagged against us. I remember he just used to do my head in him. Never scored, never did out, and then Leeds come to town, hat-trick. And he'll right back off some it as well, or a right midfielder or some it. Well, he's retired now, isn't he? But am I the new person that this has wound up over years then by the sounds of it? What, Steve Watson and what position he plays? Just the fact that he was bagged against us and he was just Steve Watson. I think you've held on to that one for a long time, mate. Yeah, played as a right back or a midfielder. Steve Watson a Geordie, Newcastle player at one point. Yeah. I know Steve Watson. Yeah, you do, because uh, do you know who he manages now? Banjul FC. Steve Watson manages York City, mate. I'll tell you what, I've got a uh, Banjul national team uh, T-shirt, you know. You've got a Gambia I had a hell of a time in the Gambia. Moving on. Let's give a shout out to our mate, uh, Katie Watkins, who's having a foot reconstructed during the game. She said she wants me to have 13 beers for her, so I'm going to do my utmost to satisfy her needs in her time of need. That's not true. First of all, it was poor timing, planning your operation for when there's a Leeds game. Secondly, she said 11 rather than 10, meaning she wants you to have one extra beer for her. So why am I having 13 then? No, because this week Andy's sponsored by Hophouse 13 rather than Heineken. Well, I hope your foot's all right, mate. Get well soon and all that. So, been on the Everton forums and uh, they got like this happens every week. We wind people up. So, some people go on saying that we're basically like we're, we're Bayern Munich. And then some people go on saying like we're a second rate championship team. And it just really gets under the skin of opposition teams. Like, they're like, we're, we're Everton. We're, you know, we're Premier League. They're, we've got better players in every position than them. So I tried to find the most balanced viewpoint. And this guy says, they have the type of players that we don't tend to deal with. That's the point. I'm not saying any of them individually better than ours. 
Rafinha's a real talent, though. They just work hard and very, very fit, where not, and play with real pace and intensity. The other teams we face like that this season are Liverpool and Southampton. So there you go. That's what they think. Was that Adam Forshaw? Yeah. Um, not sure. No, Forshaw. Um, yeah. Yeah, so basically, I, I don't really... I tried to, By balance, I mean, I tried to find a viewpoint that probably matched mine. Uh, in the, you think they've got better players than us, player for player over at Park? Almost every position. You would have Pickford over Melier? No. Right. And I wouldn't you, have whoever they have in defensive midfield over Calvin Phillips. So but, you basically you're full of it then, yeah? No, I would say eight or nine out of 11, I might switch. The only one that I like is that they've got some... I, I like the... <laughs> I like Brazilian players with normal names and they've got Alan and Bernard. Big fan of that. They've got Richarlison as well. Yeah, but that's like a decent name, isn't it? Alan's just like, oh, big Alan. He's just tiled me roof and now he's playing for Everton. Oh, where's Bernard? Bernard's down the pub, neck in 10 pints, smoking 56. Right, you- we're, we're doing this just before kickoff. Team news is in. What you're saying? I'm going strongest lineup. I'm going for what I think is our strongest lineup. I think it's going to happen today. I mentioned it last time out. I think that my mate Rodrigo's is going to start. Rafinha is going to start. Is it Rafinha or Rafinha? Rafinha. Well, both of them start. Oh, same team as last week. So that means Rodrigo's on the bench? Correct, yeah. Interesting. How do you not- think we'll do this week? I know not predictions-wise, but how do you think we're going to come out? Because for me, like I can't imagine... I can't imagine it being like the Arsenal game. Everton aren't going to sit back, are they? They've got such a, an amazing midfield, really. And you can't imagine them just sitting back, waiting for the attack. Ancelotti and Everton aren't a team that will just soak things up. They'll come out. And I think that it makes me really excited about this game, more than I have others, because I think they're going to go for it. And if they go for it, we'll have Rafinha and Harrison to, to go in behind them. And uh, that is exciting for me. They're a bit like us, though, isn't they're like proper Jekyll or Hyde, aren't they? They're either amazing or dog. So I'm hoping it's the dog Everton that turn up today. I don't think we're Jekyll and Hyde. I don't either. You don't think that sometimes we're absolutely bloody unplayable that other games were pretty predictable? No. No, I think I, I think we I think second one. I think both. We are completely predictable every game, but I think it's been pretty decent and pretty high standard all the time. What the bit the it comes down to the finishing sometimes, and it comes down to more how the opposition choose to set up to go against us. We are we are definitely predictable, but just because we're predictable doesn't mean that you can cope with it, and no team really does. You know, like we should have that we were unlucky not to get three points versus Arsenal. And we were unlucky in the other games. Well, going back to it then, and by going back to it, I mean going back to one of the games where we got turned over was the Crystal Palace game. And the referee for today's game is Chris Kavanagh, the same referee that we had two games ago against Crystal Palace. It's not Mike Dean doing VAR, is it? Oh, I didn't even check that. But I don't think they work in a little unit like that. That would be a bit too uh, corrupt, not corrupt. Weird. I don't, I, I'm sure they mix up the pairings is what I'm trying to say. We're crap at this bit about Joe Bedford. Come back, El Loco. We miss you. We love you. 
<laughs> yeah, there's a lack of research. We miss you. Come on. After last week's podcast, I got I received some complaints to the show that people think that me and Andy don't get on at all. And if you've listened to the first 10 minutes or so of this show, I can understand why you feel that. Prick. <laughs> right, what's your prediction today, Andy? Um, My prediction for today... I'm having a bit of a bum day, so I... I do you know what's really stupid, right? Is that, you know, if you miss a game, you always think, oh, what if I were there? Would that have been different? You think that you, as in your individual presence, would have changed the game, and you get all, like, oh, about it, yeah? Well, we all know that's nonsense, because there's, like, 38,000 other mad Leeds lunatics going absolutely wild for it, and you're spurring them on. I'm a little bit like that, because I've had a bum day. I think we're going to have a bit of a bum day. So I hope our bum day ends with a draw, and I think we'll get a two-all, a nervy two-all. James? I think defensively we're improving just because Cock and Cooper have got a bit more chance to play with one another and that definitely came out wrong. Um, <laughs> but they, Philip said back in back in the interview that we keep plugging, it's hard not to because he came out with some absolute gems, um, that you know we always set up to however teams come and play against us and I think the games where we've struggled are when we haven't got a hold of it early on or we've made a mistake. So like Leicester, like Palace, you know, Leicester scored after three minutes. It was a mistake, but it made it really shaky. And Palace, after you know, they scored after 12 minutes. And again, it just kind of made us feel nervy. And, and obviously, the disallowed goal didn't help. And I think like, I know it's such a cliche saying, get your early goal and, and you know, you put you in good stead, but I really do think that is the case for Leeds, and especially in the Premier League. I think if we can, you know, impose our style that we always, always do, um, and it doesn't take as long as it as it has been doing in the last few games, then I think we're in for a real treat with this game. And um, and I think if we do score that early goal, it'll open Everton up more because they'll come out and attack us. And I think it'll just, you know, give us opportunity to get Harrison and Rafinha in there even more. So I'm so excited to see Harrison and, and Rafinha play this week because I think they're in for... Um, this, this is a real big opportunity for them to to leave a mark because this game is primed for them. Dare I say that we need a win today? Well, we haven't won in six... One in six games, is that what it is? My prediction is get the early goal, 3-1 leads. And I think, yeah, we'll be, we'll be fine. Well, I think I'm confident that we can win this game. That's great. Cause sadly I've like, as when people say that, uh, me and Andy don't get along or whatever, <laughs> I've, I've completely agree with Andy. I've gone for two, two today and it's you've on. Had, you've had a bad day as well. I've had quite a good day. Got the Christmas tree up. I know that's controversial. It's not December, but there's going to be a fair bit of December that I'm, uh, you're both wearing Christmas jumpers as well shop.leadsthat.com you know the lovely looking Bielsa jumper you've you've bought it from our shop have you oh ho, ho, ho with quick delivery and very very nice prices very nice very cheap <laughs> <laughs> well I'm agreeing with Andy I'm going for 2-2 two, two. and um, the first goal is really important for us because when we've gone behind we've struggled because teams all 
pack in and and if ever Everton could pack in their defense although they've they've got big uh, defensive injury so they've they're having a, a bit of a reshuffle however having said that if they could pack in we've we've seen premier league defenses who sit deep with the amount of attacking power that they've got uh, that could hit us on the counter it could be a long afternoon so getting that goal and give it seeing our opportunity to to show our defensive prowess. Let's see how we get on. They've got loads of players out. No, they've got... Uh, is it Lucas Dina? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good, him. Is he not and playing? No, he's out, which means that they they were... This was in, in the build-up when I was looking at this earlier. They were unsure about exactly how they'd line up, whether they'd go three at the back or whether they'd draft someone in who's not quite the same. Uh, forgetting that... Uh, one of our all-time favourites, Andy, plays for Everton. Steve Watson. Not anymore, mate. He's York City manager. <laughs> the fabulous Fabi in Delph. That's the one, yeah. Is he playing oh, today? I don't believe so. Let's have a look. He's on the bench. Well, that's weird. Yeah. It is weird, isn't it, that Fabi and Delph might come on against us today? Oh, yeah. Definitely. 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 I think he'll find that weird as well. Do you know what's really annoying me? What's annoying you? Well, two things. Virgin Media, all full service. Don't use them. Secondly, why aren't we together? I'm fed up with this bloody lockdown nonsense. Well, we're in a national lockdown. And after that, we're going into tier two and three, which we've, which uh, the majority of the country are. So unless you're a Cornish white, you're going to be struggling to go in inside anybody else's house for another, whoa, who knows, not till after Christmas, New Year. We're also not allowed into the ground, etc., etc. So let's just say, what's your final word before the game? Irritated. Because we're not together. Yeah, to say how much I dislike you, I'd quite like to hang out with you. I don't want this to become the, the rhetoric. Andy really likes me. Tears for tears. That's what it is, isn't it? So why are you irritated, Andy? I just want to, I want to hang out with you, like watch the game. Football's yeah. amazing. Leeds United are amazing, but... We are sounding a bit, you know, I want to hang out with my mates. Yeah, I get that. James? That's the theme, actually, Andy. The last two weeks, you've been quite sombre and picked something along those lines. Maybe maybe we need to dig a hole, come and see you. I'm just fed up with, like, looking at your faces on screens. I want to, like, jump on you. <laughs> Put last... me through a sofa. Yeah, <laughs> last... Put you through a sofa. Yeah, exactly. That feels a long time ago, the Liverpool game, where we broke your city. Sorry. My word for this game is toffee. So on, on paper, we uh, can't win for toffee, you would think, like we said, one in six. But I think it is only a matter of time and today we're going to beat the bloody toffees. Come on, Leeds. 3-1. My word's Bamford, which is uh, more of a person, but uh, I think he's really key today. And if he gets a goal today, it, it equals a remarkable stat that he's the first person to score in five consecutive, the first five consecutive away games. Uh, since Thierry Henry is the only other person to do it in the Premier League era. Who? That guy who played for Arsenal last Sunday. Still couldn't score against us. So, uh, hoping for a goal for Paddy today. So, looking forward to it. We'll speak to you after this. Hang on, I've worked out how you sped up there, Paul. Chinese is here. If, like me, you've been looking for the perfect gift for the Leeds United fan in your life, or let's face it, for yourself, head over to shop.leadsthat.com to check out our online store and we should have something to meet your needs. 
Recent additions include our Christmas range, featuring the design work of the wonderfully talented Russell Walker. If you want to be the envy of all on the Christmas party Zoom call, then take a look at our festive t-shirts and jumpers, with prices starting at $15.99. Our full product range includes prints, mugs and t-shirts, all designed in collaboration with talented LUFC fan artists, such as John Tregonning and James Sanders. Head over to shop.leadsthat.com and keep your eye out at Leadsthat on social media for upcoming offers and promotions. Right, we're back and <laughs> and it's Everton nil, Leeds United one. What do we make of that one then, guys? Get in! Is that Noel Whelan? No, but it invoked that kind of reaction, didn't it? Uh, to what extent did you think it was going to be the same as last week? I thought it was going to be about 3-0 to them, to be honest, despite my predictions in the first part of this podcast. Not because of the way that they played or they were any better, but that was just the way it was going, wasn't it, at one point? How often do you see a positive leads that moment? Like we were battering, we were knocking and knocking and knocking, just like the Arsenal game. And you're going, oh, bloody hell. And I text you boys saying, oh, Rafinha looks tired, doesn't he? And then he looks tired and bangs one into the bottom corner. And that's your game. Beautiful, beautiful. I think Everton looked out of it at that point, which, but equally, it, it was they've they've got such quality players. Every team does just about in the Premier League that um, you started seeing Cooper just knocking balls out after that, and uh, it's not that it, it it never became backs against the wall, but it was a little bit more by any means necessary at that point. It does get difficult because you start looking at it in a in a certain way going at what point do we start going right we're not going to win this we've knocked and knocked and knocked and knocked and take it serious and just try and get over the line and then go actually do you know balls at wall we're the best team here and you go for it I don't think it's in our nature ever to stop certainly not Bielsa's anyway it's never his mindset to to, to take the pedal off the gas no, and there were a couple of opportunities for heading to the corner that were kind of uh, turned down and you thought, oh, please, no, please, no. But it was a really good performance. To a man, it was an excellent performance. I can't, there's a couple of individual little times you've gone, oh, bloody hell, and then, nope, saved it by the mate. And, and that's what you've got with this team. You've got a team full of players who will play for each other and look after their mates. And if their mate bollocks it up they'll cover for him when Bamford was running and chasing things down in the sort of 88th 89th minute before he got replaced I was just thinking how fit these players are how fit how far must he have run and then um, the television provider flashed up a graphic saying that Calvin Phillips had run the furthest on the pitch and he'd run 11 kilometres it's just nearly, nearly 12 it, yeah. it's, it's crazy as well because you you think, oh yeah, you know, like running 11, 12 kilometers is, is a long way. But for a lot of that sprinting as well, it's just an insane distance to, to exert so much energy. And still play a really decent ball at end because I know that we're all fantasy footballers, but by the time you get, when, when you've put a lung buster as far as your lungs have gone and you get the chance to have that football, then you think about what to do with it. Oh, my days. Apart from you, James, the rest of us are all awful at it. 
You haven't properly watched James play either. You're, you're basing that on reputation, but I can confirm I, it's hundred percent also- true. <laughs> I also saw a smug grin and silence when I said it. Of the chances we had, like Andy called me at half time. He said, what score do you think it could or should be? I was like, well, probably 4-2 to us. Pickford was better than we sort of gave him credit in that first half of the pod when you said you'd rather have Melier in. I know that you still probably would, but... I would, yeah. Melier was outstanding. But Pickford did all right, didn't he? Yeah, but yeah, Pickford got questions asked repeatedly to be switched on. Melier got dropped on at random intervals and answered every single question and answered them pretty well. I thought that save that Melier made uh, really early on, you know, where he got low down. Uh, yeah. I think Cooper let the ball run, didn't he? Because I don't think he knew anyone was over his shoulder. And they got the ball in, had a shot. Melier got down so quick and he's so tall, isn't he? That I just thought, like, how, how, has he, how, has he got, how has his hands got to the ground that quickly? Um, you know, whereas Pickford's a, a a shorter keeper, shall we say, shorter than Melier, and um, you would fancy him in that scenario, and definitely not him. His his attributes, like he's like I say, he is so big. I don't know where I'm going with this, but he's a freak of nature, Melier. Melier's frightening. If Melier is not the French international goalkeeper when Lloris hangs his gloves up, there's something wrong with the world. The thing is, the thing I like about him so much as well is that when he spills it, he's so quick to get back to it, isn't he? Yeah, and it really annoyed me when, uh, was it Rodriguez or Richarlison, one of them, was shocked at how quickly when he got down to the ball again and he went down and stayed down for ages, didn't he? Do you remember in the first half and they rolled it out and it's like, what is up with you? I just think Melier is going to keep getting better and better. He, he's getting... So much more experienced, you know, all the time. And he's such a young keeper. The, these commentators, they, they, they can't believe it, can they? When they talk about his age. He's keeping out a three-times Champions League winner. And granted, that three-times Champions League winner played as many games as me. Doesn't really matter, does it? It still has done. You know, It's not a fluke to play for Real Madrid for however many years, is it? No, I thought Kiko did well for us, and I. But Melier has had that opportunity, and he's grasped it. And as you say, people, it's a huge accolade to be talked of as a future French number one. And um, sometimes, you know, when Fabian Delph played for us and we were in League One, and you're saying this guy could play for England and it's hugely speculative, but you know, you believed in his abilities and he went on and had the career that we, you thought he could have. It doesn't feel as much as a leap to be saying that about Ilan Melier. Would you say he's taken it with both hands? Sometimes he spills it, but then he's very quick to pounce on it with both hands. I thought it was quite interesting before the game, like Twitter was going on the bit of a meltdown because Rodrigo wasn't in the team and, We've seen that quite a lot, you know, in the past. I certainly remember it when we were in the championship and there's one or two players you know, people thought should be in the starting lineup, probably around the time when Bamford was, you know, being questioned a bit more. And but it's always the case, isn't it? We, you get this question of why isn't Rodrigo starting? Why isn't Rodrigo starting? Why 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 should he really when we've when the whole team played really well against Arsenal? It was just that final bit. And that is Bielsa down to a T, isn't it? He's not gonna he's not gonna change it. There's no real reason to if if someone goes into that role and 
goes missing or they create they have a lot of mistakes or they don't add value to the team then he will change it but for now I don't I just can't see it one of the things that he will really have hated over that run where Rodrigo was out Calvin was out was was that we had an inconsistent starting lineup so this was probably the first opportunity for a long time where we had the chance to name the same starting 11 and there is so much to be said for that and it's a huge part of what Bielsa does so unless somebody had played their way out of it as you say and and they didn't I felt that Rodrigo should have come on a little bit earlier but I didn't even I possibly thought for Alioski, but you know Andy said it earlier Rafinha looked a bit leggy and I thought he did as well we were, we were chatting about it and I just thought, yeah, now's the time to get him on. They are starting to waver a little bit. Even even his shot looked tired. It, when he faked that shot, he went, oh, bloody hell, I've got an out on. Uh, hello, bottom corner. I'll have a slice of you. And it, Rafinha was absolutely class tonight. It, it hurts me to say it because I've got a good friend called James who was going, oh, keep an eye on Raph. Raph will be class tonight. Raph will be good. And you know what? Proven 100% right. Take a bow, Jim. It just seemed obvious, didn't it, really? They were always going to attack us, and he's so good at getting up and down the wing. I think he's good defensively, and he's so creative going forward. I was just delighted for him. I think he's settling in really, really well, and it's going to be hard for Costa to get back in the team, to, to be honest. Which is a shame, because Costa started so, so, so well. And then you've got to ask yourself, I, I got a text at half time from a mate of mine. I'm going, oh, it could be 4 2. And he's gone, how frustrated do you get by Leeds? Because they are so wasteful. Do you know what? It, now we've won 1 0, it's easy to kind of side with them. Before I was fuming. But I'm going, <laughs> Jack Harrison could have had a half, hat trick at half time. There was that run that Rafinha. A word for Jack Harrison because well, it's his 100th Leeds appearance and uh, he's the only. Leeds player to make a hundred loan appearances, but he still kept going. And throughout, he—I mean—that touch is just going to get him opportunities every game, isn't it? Pillow foot, old pillow foot. But if you look at the other two chances for what I've called a hat trick, is I've one that's been a fantastic block, like unbelievable block, and then is it the post? And if you look again, he could have had one more. It's that makes one more than a hat trick. So that's four goals. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like mad that we're talking about a one nil game in it. I think at half time, the, uh, the pundits on that tele program that none of us like, but we wish we didn't have to watch because we should be there. They have said that, this is the most chances in a game this season or something in the first half. And you're kind of going, that's what we do. We ding dong, we go for it. What, what do you say in the first half, Paul? Dilly, dangy, dongly, doodah or something. So Dilly dallying. Yeah. And it's we just... Dally, do we? we off and we puff and eventually we blow the bastard walls down, don't we? Well... One of the things that Carragher said at the start, so Richarlison, it really wound me up, both Richarlison and Rodriguez, that they take a touch, they go down and they do the rolling thing. And Carragher, I can't remember his exact phrase, but he just said that 
nobody has ever wound him up more than Richarlison in the way that he does that. Um, and then he kind of qualified it by saying, oh, he's coming though and he's been a great player for Everton because he knew he was going to get some flack and he basically let his professional guard drop a little bit and just basically slagged him off. But it was the yeah. red it was the red rag of Liverpool to the blue bull of Everton, wasn't it? Indeed, but, but, you know, they had talent all over the pitch and they had chances. It's another game, Andy. It was them one percenters, wasn't it? But... Oh, end- Dad, you... Oh, <laughs> they're not... Start of the game, you said, oh, maybe one or two of their players uh, I'd have... Yeah, like, what do you say? You said nine of their players in two hours. Yeah, we've beaten one nil. How's that feel, your toffee nose bell? <laughs> <laughs> I think that I stand by the fact that on my, <gasps> I would. I was thinking, and that this is. Do you know what? I'm proud of our players, and they're super fit, and they all. Wait, you're you're Everton or Leeds now. Which team want to talk about? Your team or uh, all Leeds United? Andy, your <laughs> stick gets a bit dull, mate. <laughs> you know is I, dull? Know, I, I, I kind of know what Paul means, and I know what you're saying, Andy. But it's like I would. There's there's not a lot of players I'd I'd turn down in a Bielsa system because I just know he can turn water into wine. Exactly. So uh, on that, you you keep nine Everton players and two Leeds, Paul. Yeah? I'm the one doing the questions, and the answer is <laughs> on what on that performance today. Well, no, from what or, you said first half of podcasts. Yeah, I think I think if you were offered them two squads and you're going to pick a squad to put under Bielsa and train to be the best possible team, if you take the context of where we're at under the two and a bit seasons, et cetera, et cetera, then obviously it wouldn't be like that. It was more of a, I think you completely know what I mean by it, but are choosing to be a bit of an ass. Are you backpedaling, are you backpedaling here? No, no. So you, the sentiment you, remains that okay, so Everton take- have a squad of players of which you would probably think on paper they were almost to a man better than Leeds however nope that's not how it works in a team situation speaking as an Everton fan I was impressed with Leeds today thought they did really well um, who's your man of the match Calvin Phillips Phillips is unbelievable um, you're going to give it to Robin Cock again no I'm not actually I'm going to give it to uh, to my son's favourite player Gianni Alioski People, people, are, myself included, doubted why he should be in, in that team ahead of Rodrigo. He was everywhere. He loves being offside he sh- though, doesn't he? It, that wasn't offside. It was a blessing because he missed. If he'd <laughs> scored it, it'd have been 2-0. Um, but I thought Alias had a great game. Uh, Phillips is the standout player, but that's just standard. It's it's like last season the Ben White or Calvin Phillips Man of the Match award. It's it's still going to be the Calvin Phillips Man of the Match award. But then where do you look? For me, I thought Alias had a great game. Massive shout to Rafinha. He took his goal well, but he was <laughs> as I said a couple of times in his post match, he was knackered before he took that shot on. Then I thought it was a bit of a lazy strike, but it's got a bottom card. But I do not give one shiny million shites. We've won one 0 and it's brilliant. On, I know 
on Calvin Phillips, though, I think like the match stats were ridiculous. He had 79 passes, he was which was the most on the pitch, 95% pass accuracy, which was first on the pitch, and uh, first for opposition half passes. Filthy. Guy was filthy. He was just he was just incredible and like I know I know it's like it's easy like you say Andy to sort of skip past him because you just come you come to expect it but like you shouldn't really because he is literally stepping up into the Premier League for the first time he's not really proven at this level he's he's still coming to grips with it but he was the best player on the field he controlled it he controlled the game in midfield for us he intercepted so much he was just spot on fantastic he was unbelievable you can't argue. And Paul, you know, you earlier on you said about um, the chain, you know, keeping the the team consistent. It's, it's another clean sheet for us as well, and and that that comes down to having the same back four or five, really. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And and I previously turned to Stuart Dallas for man of the match. We haven't mentioned him today. And last week I expected it to start with the uh, Dallas at left back and Alioski for the forward, and t- and he didn't. It was Alioski at left back. And they were so interchangeable in that first half. I just didn't think Everton knew who they were meant to be following and went because they, they, they switched around so often. Harrison switched between the left and the right. Alioski moved between two or three positions. Dallas was, he was on the right at one point, the left in the middle, left back. It just gave them so many questions that they couldn't answer. Um, but I'm going to go with Calvin Phillips this week. <laughs> So, for all the reasons that has been said so far, he was absolutely brilliant. He was everywhere. When they, and I say they because I'm a Leeds fan, when they got a hold of the ball and uh, <laughs> and uh, and tried to make something happen, they would have had much more joy if he wasn't snuffing things out and always looking for a pass. And they all they all landed today. I, I think his passing accuracy was insane. So, yeah, going with our friend Calvin. If it had not been 1-0, which obviously we've got the wonders of hindsight for, what do you think the scoreline should have been? Paul? <laughs> what do you mean, what should it have been? Well, if you look at the like all, all kids nowadays, like XG and that, I don't even know what that means. Is that how many chances we've had to, how many goals we've scored or something? It's the no, it's the expected goals, so it's the, like, every shot gets a or every time you have the ball essentially it has a carries a weighting of the likelihood of that position and well that's what I mean I got and then a goal I had three earners in first half like jumping up for joy I, I, I genuinely believe it should have been a much uh, 1-0 I'm, I'm so happy believe me but it, it what 4-2 5-2 6-2 well Andy, at, Sarah Morris on Twitter has got in touch and said, word is relief. What do you think? To her word? Well, to her word, to what's your word? Ecstasy. Absolute ecstasy. We, we came into this game before in pre-match saying that we'd won one in six. Uh, and I think in first half I said, this feels like a must win, but I, I thought we'd draw. And we've, we've won. <laughs> We've won. It's absolute ecstasy. It's joy. Um, my delightful wife had to put the kids to bed during the game and I'm screaming my head off and you guys have been at my gaff. You know what I'm like? after a couple of Shandy Sherberts and it gets a bit wild, doesn't it? And kids are trying to kip and I'm going off my rocker. Artie came down and watched the last 15 minutes with me, poor kid. 
James, what's your word? Expected. Expected the win. I thought we could do it. You know, I said before the game that Everton were there to be beaten because they were gonna they were gonna go at us and proofs in the pudding and uh, expected goals because uh, we've now taught Andy what that means. <laughs> I'm gonna go with established because I think we have established our position within the table with those three points, and it was the first sort of long-term established side that we've beaten this season we needed a win like that because when we've played the other teams our our wins yep you know all important but beating Fulham Sheffield United and Villa those are games that you would certainly be looking to win going to Everton and picking up three points and to be like going back to that stat from the first half of the podcast the first time we've won at Goodison Park since we last got promoted into the top flight. That's a great fact. That's a great win. What a wonderful feeling. It sets you up for a better week, doesn't it? Obviously, our seven listeners are not privy to our WhatsApp messages. But I think I said to you guys, um, the difference between championship and premiership is, what do you guys call it? Fine margins or one percenters? I can't quite recall it. But it's it's when keeper bangs it out from just what looks like a glory hero pass. And nine out of ten times in championship or league one, they go straight out of play. Dominic Calvin-Lewin or somebody else won them seven or eight times out of ten tonight. And it kept it in play and put us directly under the pump. Other than Bradley Johnson for Leeds United, I've not seen anybody else do that to such a decent level. And it shows that we can't rest. We need to keep improving and keep learning and take every single journey as we go. Because uh, I know Paul's a massive Toffee fan. So from this, we need to understand... Uh, mate, and Aguna, don't forget. Oh, yeah, you're one of those, aren't you? So we need to understand that these teams can come and play. We're not playing like for lols anymore. We're playing decent teams who can hurt you every opportunity. And maybe that is why we lost 4-1 twice on spin. I don't know. But tonight, a 1-0 feels bloody beautiful. Yep, that's an absolutely brilliant result. Four points, two clean sheets. Should have been six points. You'll take that. And we'll, we head off to Stamford Bridge next Saturday night at 8 o'clock for an absolute belter. If, like me, you've been looking for the perfect gift for the Leeds United fan in your life, or let's face it, for yourself, head over to shop.leedsthat.com to check out our online store, and we should have something to meet your needs. Recent additions include our Christmas range, featuring the design work of the wonderfully talented Russell Walker. If you want to be the envy of all on the Christmas party Zoom call, then take a look at our festive t-shirts and jumpers, with prices starting at fifteen ninety nine. Our full product range includes prints, mugs and t-shirts, all designed in collaboration with talented LUFC fan artists such as John Tregonning and James Sanders. Head over to shop.leadsthat.com and keep your eye out at Leadsthat on social media for upcoming offers and promotions. Sports Social Podcast Network.